Good morning, faithful listeners. You have tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Matthew. Hi, friends and faithful listeners. Happy Thursday, and thank you so much for tuning in to the P40 Ministries podcast this morning with your host, Jen. We are going to be discussing Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 33 today. So grab your coffee. And I almost said, and your cup of Bible. (laughs) I'm telling you, you guys, I got to think of a different uh, terminology. I have to think of something. So if you have any ideas for a new catchphrase for me to say on the P40 Ministries podcast, please do so because I'm starting to even screw up my catchphrase here. But anyway, grab your Bible and your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and start reading this chapter of scripture. And I will be reading on the WEB version as I always do. Then the Pharisees went and took counsel on how they might entrap him in his talk. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are honest and teach the way of God in truth, no matter whom you teach, for you aren't partial to anyone. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus perceived their wickedness and said, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the tax money. They brought to him a denarius. He asked them, Whose is this image and inscription? And they said to him, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Give therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard it, they marveled, and left him and went away. On that day the Sadducees, those who say there is no resurrection, came to him, and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there are with us seven brothers. The first married and died, and having no offspring, left his wife to his brother. In the same way, the second also, and the third, all the way to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like God's angels in heaven. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, Haven't you read that which was spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? Exodus 3, verse 6. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. When the multitudes heard it, they were astonished at his teaching. So this is the part where the Pharisees, the Herodians, and the Sadducees are so upset over Jesus that they decide to try to ensnare him or entrap him in his own words, making him look ridiculous. This is the same thing that people do nowadays to Christians. The same exact thing. In fact, I'm going to tell a funny story. I was actually invited to be on a podcast I can't remember specifically the name of the podcast, but basically the entire podcast was making fun of what Christians believe. It was an entire podcast dedicated to ensnaring a Christian uh, guest speaker into saying something really stupid or wondering what they're saying or doing something else. So I listened to one of the episodes and he had on this guy who was a Christian and basically the podcast host was just making fun of this person the entire time, asking him questions, telling him that what he believed was stupid, basically, in so many words, without being that rude, and just kind of laughing at this guy in general. And I'm like, why would I want to be on a podcast like that? I don't want 
want to be on your stupid podcast. So I didn't go on his podcast. Obviously, I'm not going to be laughed at for my beliefs. And this podcast was absolutely ridiculous. And so it just made me wonder, like, why would a person make an like dedicate an entire podcast to that? So people really don't like Christians. The fact that somebody would dedicate an entire podcast to making fun of Christians is just absolutely absurd to me. I would never, ever, ever in a million years make a podcast specifically designed to make fun of any other religion on earth. So this is just absurd that people think that Christians are so stupid that they can make these kind of podcasts and stuff like that. But anyway, that that is my rant about this guy and this podcast that he created. But it's the same exact thing that these Pharisees and these Sadducees and these Herodians were trying to do to Jesus all these years ago, 2000 years ago. They were trying to entrap him in his talk to make him look foolish, to make him look stupid. And of course, Jesus is smarter than these guys. And so he made them actually look stupid much to their disgrace and uh, embarrassment. And so it says in verse 15 that the Pharisees went and took counsel with themselves to see how they might entrap Jesus with what he was saying. So they sent a bunch of these Pharisees disciples all out to see Jesus in the temple, along with the Herodians. And they started trying to ask Jesus all these different questions. Now, the Herodians were actually people that the Pharisees didn't really like until Jesus came along. The Herodians were people who pledged their allegiance to Herod, believing that Herod could eventually free them from their enslavement, basically, to the Roman Empire. So they paid homage to Herod and all the Herod family and liked Herod a whole lot. The Pharisees, on the other hand, did not like Herod, did not like any kind of king or empire or anything like that because they believed that it was sinful almost to pay respects to an official rather than to God in a sense. At least that's what I understand about all of this. So basically, the Herodians and the Pharisees became united almost because they both hated Jesus so much. And so uh, they, they go to talk to Jesus and they ask him a question. They say, teacher, we know that you are honest and teach the way of God in truth, no matter whom you teach, for you aren't partial to anyone. So they're trying to flatter Jesus with these nice silky words and see if, you know, Jesus will take the bait, basically. And Jesus, of course, sees through their entire plan. And they keep saying, they're like, tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? So, of course, the Pharisees. Pharisees and many of the Jewish people at that time would have believed that according to God's law, it was not good to pay taxes to Caesar. And they believed this because basically you weren't supposed to have any other king except God himself. And so the, the Jews did not like paying taxes. They were very upset about all of this. And, um, they didn't enjoy any of this. They thought it was unlawful. And so they're trying to trap Jesus because either he was going to basically offend the Jewish people or he was going to um, tick off the uh, the the Romans if Jesus said, yes, it is unlawful to pay taxes to Caesar. The Romans, uh, Jesus would put a big old target on his back from the Roman Empire. So basically, Jesus answers them very wisely. And he's like, he's like, why do you test me, you hypocrites? <laughs> So he's not taking the bait. He's not uh, enjoying the flattery and the the smooth words. <clears throat> and so he says to them, show me some of the tax money. So they bring him over a denarius, which was a day's wage. And so he Jesus takes the denarius and he's like, 
whose image is this? And it's, of course, it's an image of Caesar. And they say to him, well, Caesar's. And so Jesus says to them, give therefore to Caesar. This is a very famous verse, by the way. He says, give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. This coin technically kind of belonged to Caesar. He was the one who had printed all of these coins. These were not God's coins. These were earthly things. They were possessions. And so he says, give it to Caesar, the stuff that belongs to Caesar. This isn't God's stuff, you know, and to God, the things that are God's, you know, our heart, that is what God wants. He wants the heart. He doesn't need the coins. He doesn't need any of that stuff. Those aren't his. He doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter to God. What matters is the heart. And so Jesus is kind of telling the Jewish people at that point, don't be disrespectful to worldly leaders. In fact, that is very clear all throughout scripture that God sets kings up and he takes them down and we must be respectful to whatever king or leader is in charge. That is very clear throughout scripture. The only time we're not supposed to listen or obey our leaders here on earth is when they do something that directly, directly goes against the Bible and forces us to do something like that. We are supposed to listen to our leaders and pay respects to them in every other sense, unless we are directly compromising God's word. And that being said, we can't just decide and pretend like we are compromising God's word if we don't like something our leader is telling us to do, kind of like these Jewish people were back in in these days. They were saying they didn't like the taxes, so they were saying it was going against God's word. We need to really look in the scriptures to make sure, is this actually going against God's word? And if it is, then at that point, we should not follow it. But if it is not, and it's something small that God really doesn't care about, then at that point, we need to listen to our leaders and just do it. Okay, so so that is something I want to make very clear. We can't just decide and pick and choose what is right and wrong. We need to go back to scripture and see what God feels about these particular issues. And so that that applies to all sorts of things nowadays. So yes, we do need to show respect to our leaders. That's kind of what Jesus is saying here. Pay the taxes. It doesn't matter. This is something that belongs to Caesar. This is something that is a Roman coin. So just pay it to Caesar and then give to God the things that belongs to God. So for example, the heart. If Caesar was trying to force the Jewish people to deny Christ, then yes, you shouldn't listen to Caesar at that point because your heart belongs to Christ. It doesn't belong to Caesar. So that's what Jesus is saying here to these to these Pharisees, these Herodians, and to the Jewish people that are surrounding him at this point. And so it says in verse 22, when the Pharisees and the Herodians heard it, they marveled, they left him and went away. <laughs> They're like, oops, okay, let's just leave and, and regroup and see how, to, how we can, uh, you know, catch him next time. So then in verse 23, these Sadducees come up to Jesus and the Sadducees were a little different and they also didn't like the Herodians and well, maybe I don't know if they liked the Herodians or not, but they did not like the Pharisees. The Pharisees and the Sadducees kind of hated each other a little bit. They had very different viewpoints on things. For example, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe um, from what I understand of that. They did not believe there was life after death almost, it sounds like. And so it says that these Sadducees who say that there is no resurrection came up to Jesus and they asked him saying, teacher, and, and here, here's this ridiculous question they asked Jesus. It's just absurd. This, this question is absolutely absurd. It says, teacher, Moses says, if a man dies having no children, then his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring for his brother. And this was an, an old, old law 
that was in place all the way from the time of um, basically Abraham, I'm pretty sure. And we even see this in um, Genesis chapter, I believe it was 38, we talked about this particular law, where if a woman's husband died and his brother was unmarried, that woman would now be married to the brother and the brother would help this woman produce offspring for her and everything else and for his brother and, and all that kind of stuff. So this the Sadducees are naming this old law and they're like, so if this woman has a husband who has seven brothers and the husband dies and she ends up marrying the next brother who ends up dying all the way to the seventh brother who ends up dying, every single one of these brothers die and then at the end she dies, whose wife is she going to be in the resurrection? And they, they think that this question is so clever. They're going to trap Jesus by talking about this question, it's just absurd. It's it, honestly just thinking about it nowadays. What a ridiculous and stupid question. But they think it's just so smart. So Jesus, he says to them, and it's kind of funny. He's like, you are mistaken not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. <laughs> oh, that probably made them so mad. Because they prided themselves into thinking that they knew the scriptures super well. And they were very uh, trained people in the scriptures, these Sadducees. And also they had lots of wealth. They were very wealthy uh, political figures almost. And uh, they just believed that they had so much knowledge in the scriptures and everything like that. But it says here that Jesus says, basically insults them. And he's like, in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the or like God's angels in heaven. So Jesus confirms, yes, there is a resurrection. There is a resurrection of the dead. And he says, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like God's angels in heaven. And it specifically says in the Bible somewhere, I'm not exactly sure where this verse is, that the angels are not given in marriage. And we learned a little bit about that when we talked about the Nephilim a long time ago in um, Genesis with Noah's flood and everything like that. We talked about the Nephilim being um, fallen angels' children, basically. The fallen angels were angels that had decided to sin against God, come down to earth, and basically have sex with women, produce these children, and everything like that. We talked about that a long time ago. You can go back and listen to that episode. I'm not quite sure what chapter of the Bible it is, but that was a while back. But um, we talked about the Nephilim, and we also discussed at that point how angels who are in heaven and who are aligned with God's will don't actually marry, nor are they given in marriage or anything like that, and they remain celibate. And so it says that everybody in the resurrection is not going to be married anymore. There's going to be a new relationship. And sometimes this this verse scares people, thinking like, oh, no, I'm not going to have a relationship with my husband or wife anymore. But that's, that's not necessarily the case. We are definitely going to have relationships with the people in heaven that we love. I'm, I'm very certain of that. And there are evidences of that in scripture as well, that we will still have relationships with the people we knew on earth in heaven, but it's just going to be different. It's going to be better. There's going to be so much more comfort, so much more peace. It's just going to be a different kind of relationship and one that is much, much better than marriage itself. And so it says here that um, Jesus is basically telling these people they don't understand the power of God. There is going to be a resurrection, but there's not going to be any marriage in the resurrection. And he says in verse 31, Jesus says, concerning the resurrection of the dead, haven't you read that which was spoken to you by God saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Exodus 3, verse 6. Now, one last thing about the Sadducees. They actually only believed in the first, I think it was the first five books of the Bible. That was the only uh, books of the Bible they believed were true 
and from God, basically. They only believed in those books. And so Jesus quotes from those books. You know, Jesus is so fantastic. He always met the people where they were to teach them the best. You'll notice that about Jesus. He always met them where they were. And so he quotes a verse from Exodus 3, verse 6, that God says, I am the God of Abraham, I am the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. Now, in Exodus 3, verse 6, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been dead for probably around 400 years by this point. So why would God say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Well, because there is a resurrection of the dead. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are not dead. They are alive in the resurrection, in comfort. And so Jesus is quoting this verse to say that they are mistaken. These Sadducees are mistaken in believing there is no resurrection because God claims there is a resurrection by saying, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jesus says, God is not the God of the dead, but the living. And so he completely turns around everything the Sadducees were saying by just claiming this verse here in Exodus 3, verse 6. And I don't know if the Sadducees were all angry when they when they left this, but maybe some of them thought about that, perhaps turned from their, their wickedness in a sense and started following Jesus. I don't know. It doesn't say what happens after this, except for the fact that when the multitudes heard it, they were astonished at Jesus's teaching. And that's where we're going to end in verse 33 here, that the multitudes were, were astonished. So maybe these Sadducees, at least some of them, were astonished at Jesus telling them this stuff. You know, verses they had never thought about and realizing maybe there is a resurrection from the dead and stuff like that. So Jesus is just a fantastic, fantastic teacher and was always able to answer questions perfectly. He was he was such a good teacher. And so we're going to learn more about um, Matthew 22, probably the rest of this chapter on Tuesday. So join me then at 6 a.m. But go to my website, www.p40ministries.com and take a look at the Mother's Day sale I'm having on those cute little bags. They are $25 now, including shipping and tax. So definitely take a look at those and... Um, purchase one for your mom or for yourself they are super cute i've already had a few sales on those and people are saying they like them i have one myself it's a great little bag so get one of those for your mom there's a lot of cute designs and once again that is my website www.p40ministries.com shop and i'll drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode but thank you for tuning in this morning have a wonderful rest of your day happy listening and god bless